And praise the Lord this morning, glorious Sunday morning in November, <clears throat> second Sunday in November, we praise God as he continues to bring us through what is a challenging year, challenging year, challenging time. But, you know, if you're a person of God, you know, you want to stand on the word now more than ever. I think we got to stand on it all the time, of course, but it's in the midst of challenges, right, um, that the Word of God becomes a separator. What do I mean by that? That it, it, it separates it separates us and distinguishes us from those who don't know God in the sense of God gives His people victory. God gives His people strength. God <clears throat> gives His people wisdom and guidance. And these type of things are so important in challenging times like we find ourselves in right now and so how many of you know that when God is on your side the scriptures say God before us who can be against us yes and so that's letting us know that when God is on our side then there's no one and no thing that can stand on the opposite side of us and prevail amen uh, that's the difference that's the distinction that's the advantage and so we have to make sure that you know, in the midst of the challenges that we continue to hold on to, believe in, tap into uh, our advantages that we have in God as people of God. Um, and we will get through, amen, yeah. we will come through on the other side. We will come through in victory, amen. Thanks be unto God who always <coughs> causes us to triumph, amen? amen. And so we praise God for the victory. Um, on this morning, Amen. As we come, glory to God, um, we come on this morning, we're going to go to Mark chapter 3. And um, we come at a time where this has been a week, right, in this country in particular, as we had the presidential election and, um, you know, we now have a change in leadership. Amen. Amen. Um, and it's been a challenging week. Uh, but it's also something for us that's in keeping, like we just said. This has been a challenging year. Um, and God has, you know, he's there for us in the midst of the challenge, even in the midst of the challenge that we currently find ourselves in, uh, individually and collectively. And I believe God wants to speak to us today from that, from that angle. Amen. And so we're in Mark chapter 3. And let's look together at verse 22. And we'll read down to verse 26. King James Version, it says, And the scribes which came down from Jerusalem said, He, talking about Jesus, has Beelzebub. You said Mark. Yes. And the scribe which came down from Jerusalem said, He hath Beelzebub, and by the prince of the devils casteth he out devils. And he called them unto him, and said unto them in parables, How can Satan cast out Satan? And if a kingdom be divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house be divided against itself, that house cannot stand. 
And if Satan rise up against himself and be divided, he cannot stand, but has an end. Amen. Amen. Let's pray today. Father, we bless your name. And we thank you, God, for this day. Yes, God. We thank you, Lord, for bringing us to this point. We thank yes. you for our life, health, and strength. We thank you for our heart and our mind that is yet stayed on you. Yes. And Lord, we ask now that you will speak now from heaven and bless us here on earth to hear your voice. Yes. Father, uh, give us guidance, O oh God. Enlighten our eyes of understanding. Give us a listening ear today that we can yes. hear your still, small voice. And Father God, be guided in the pathway of righteousness and victory. Father, we thank you, God, for what you are doing in our lives and what you are doing in the earth. Yes. Father God, we know you are a righteous God. Have your way here now. Yes. Speak, O oh God, and bless us, O oh God, to receive and to walk in your revealed will. Yes. And Father, we give you the praise for it now. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So we were talking about Amen. Um, the election. We're not going to stand here talking about the election, but I don't even know. You know, we can't. I think for you, for you, for so many years, one of the things that I believe um, the church has erred or, or, or made a mistake is and, and lost some of its relevance is because it got away from speaking to the issues of people's lives. Yes. Uh, we got so caught up in other things, you know, and the list is too many, too long to mention, but, you know, we got caught up in the theatrics, we got caught up in growth, we got caught up in numbers, we got caught up in being one church in three locations, <laughs> We've got, yeah. we got caught up in all kinds of things, and meanwhile, people who come to the church house on Sunday are living the other days of the week, and even on Sunday, in communities and in towns and in cities and in states where they're having real issues, real challenges and real problems in their lives. And those are all problems, glory to God, that God can handle and fix. Yes. I mean, you know, nothing is too hard for God. And yet, instead of speaking to those issues, and right, we, we, we got deep, you know, preachers got more concerned about, you know, um, trying to act as if they had something new, even though God said there's nothing new under the sun. Um, preachers started to be concerned about becoming stars, right? Yes. Being on television and becoming celebrities and, and, and all the rest of this stuff. We, you know, we got caught up in having conferences and, and, and having people come out and spending money they don't have. Glory to God. Spending money they don't have to come for some, some empty promises of yes. what awaits them at this conference and how they had to be there. Preachers got on television talking about how every single week, this message is something you must add to your library. Yes. Every week saying that, every week, um, even though nobody in their listening audience has a library. Uh, they, but they yet said that, you know, they sold oil from you know, that supposedly came from Israel and, they, and, and, and sold water that's supposed to be anointed and sold cloths. Yes. I mean, we just got so lost in so many things and we stopped talking to people right where they live. Yes. And yet we have a God who came down from heaven and dwelt among us. Come on, somebody. A God who says, I want to live here with you. A God who, when he saves us, 
comes and lives on the inside of us because that's what he wants, that intimacy to live with us. Yes. And yet preachers in the church got to talking about this God as if he was some distant God and, mm. and, and, and not really bringing him into the lives of people. And so I think in, 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 in all of those ways that the church lost some of its relevance. Because how many of you know, if you're not speaking to people's issues, they ain't listening to you but for so much. Amen. Yeah. And so um, we kind of lost our way. So I say that only because, you know, <clears throat> there's some people who always want to try to make division. Keep politics out of sports. Keep politics out of the church. Keep this out of that. When we all live, we don't live in separate containers. Amen. We live in a society in which all these issues are here. And if the church can't deal with them, then who can? And so we'll, we'll, we have to, as I, as I just endeavor to do the Lord's will, is deal with what's before us. Amen. Yeah. And, you know, right now we, we are at a place as a, as a country um, where we have some decisions to make, even though some decisions have been made on this past week in terms of the election. And so <clears throat> um, our title today, and I didn't forget about it, so I don't think I did. Amen. Praise God. Our title today is Where We Go From Here. Amen. Where We Go From Here. Um, and this is something that, that the Lord is impressing upon my heart because I believe that, you know, as people of God in particular, we have an opportunity right now to play a role in a, in a prominent role in bringing about the change that we need in our society. Um, I believe it's already started, but we have an opportunity to play a role um, in that. And that's what the Lord wants to talk to us about on today. And, and we, we, we use the scripture in, in Mark um, chapter 3. And, it, and it's, it's, you'll see familiar accounts of this in, in Matthew 12 and also in Luke 14. And, and you know how I am. Amen. If, it's, if it's in multiple places in the gospel, I always encourage you to read it there as well. Amen. And so if you want to go to Matthew chapter 12, 22 to 28, and Luke 11, 14 to 20, you will see parallel accounts there. Um, but, you know, we, we, we read the account here in, in Mark chapter 3. 22 to 26. And, you know, Jesus said here, you know, um, he, he was casting out demons from people. Amen. Mm -hmm. And when you read the, God, the account in Luke and in Matthew, he actually had cast out a demon um, from a, a man who was uh, mute. Um, and when he cast them out, those around, you know, they, they wandered, you know, some were like, oh my, this is really something else, right? Mm -hmm. But then others said, no, he's casting out demon by Beelzebub, who is the prince of demons. Right. And Jesus, you know, got right down to it and said, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> um, he says, you know, uh, and he made the statement that we've heard so many times, right? A house divided against itself cannot stand. He yeah. said a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand a town or a city. A, a house divided against itself cannot stand. Mm -hmm. Now, if, you know, when we were going, growing up and going through school, we heard that Abraham Lincoln said this. And he did. Mm -hmm. And Abraham Lincoln, it wasn't like he was trying to make it, like he made it up. He wasn't. In, in fact, Abraham Lincoln actually 
said this in a speech in 1858 when he was running for United States Senator out of Illinois uh, on a Republican ticket. And he, and he used this in a speech, and he was being criticized by people around him, saying, you, you shouldn't use this. And really what he was saying was, this nation, he was looking at the United States, and he said, this nation right now, you have pro-slave states and you have anti-slave states. He said, we got to pick one or the other. Yeah. He said, we can't, we can't be this way and survive. And so he used this scripture um, as, as a reference point, And he said, a house divided against itself cannot stand. Mm -hmm. um, Lincoln lost that race. <laughs> he didn't become U.S. Senator in 1858. But because his speech gathered so much attention, um, he sort of burst on the national stage. And two years later, he was the Republican nominee and then later became president of the United States. Yeah. Somebody needs to hear that because, see, there are times when we can try to do something and we fail, air quotes, we fail. Um, uh, and, and we can get discouraged by it. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, just as with Lincoln, who went for the Senate seat and failed, that failure nevertheless paved the way for a greater success. Yeah. And see, that's one of the things that we have to always keep in mind. God has always has the greater on his mind. And so as we, you know, seek to accomplish a thing, maybe it doesn't work, but don't get discouraged and give up. Because that simply could be, you know, a, 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 a pathway or an entry point to something greater. Mm -hmm. And someone right now has experienced a failure recently and you feel like giving up or you really feel discouraged. But the Lord wants you to know that there's something else in store for you. Mm -hmm. And that if you would just hang in there and continue to believe, then you will see that this failure really wasn't a failure. It was simply a stepping stone to some greater success. And that's what happened with Lincoln. He went on and he became president, um, you know, two years later. But he used this scripture in uh, uh, looking at the nation and saying, we can't continue to be this way. But Jesus was the first one to say this. Amen. This is gospel. This is the word of God. And what Jesus was saying is, why would Satan work against himself? Right? He said, if Satan worked against himself, his kingdom would come to nothing, right? Um, if he were using Jesus or anyone else to cast demons out of people, um, that wouldn't make any sense, right? Amen. right? Amen. And, and so the point Jesus was making was that a, a, a kingdom, a house, a family, a church, a school, a group, a society, a government... Anywhere where you have a collection of people, if those people are at odds with each other, that group is going to fall. That group is going to fail. Doesn't matter how many resources you may have. How many mega churches now are no churches because they split up because of some infighting? Right. How many great families were there that God had blessed that now are no longer families and no longer together because of some infighting and division, mm -hmm. right? And so we need to understand that success, success relies on us working together. We see this in everyday life, don't we? 
You know, we see it in sports, right? Where teams work together and they are successful. Uh, churches that work together are successful. Any group of people. Uh, but we see it even in other things. We see it in our bodies, right? You know, you, you, you can't eat. You, if you want to feel your best, well, you, you know, you got to take care of how you eat. Yes. Right, um, you have to sleep. I mean, it, it, it all works together. What you, how you eat, how much rest you get. Right. I mean, these things all come together. You have to, you know, you have to realize, as as Paul said when he was talking about the church. You know, the the hand can't say to the foot, since I'm not you, I have no need of you. Right. Every part needs the other, yeah. and it needs to be fully functioning and strong. And working together. Imagine if your two legs didn't want to walk in the same direction. <laughs> right? I mean, it'd be hard to get anywhere, yeah, right? Yeah. They have to work together, walking in the same direction. Even, yeah. even equipment and machinery have parts that have to work together in order for the machinery to work, right? right? That's what causes things to break down, that one part can break down and cause the whole thing to shut down. Yeah. And so we need to understand that we need to work together, that success comes from working together. And right now in this country, we have a challenge before us mm-hmm. as a nation because we're currently divided, right? It's, it's, there's a division, there's a deep divide. Um, and we're hearing from you know, the president-elect that it's about unity. I don't yes. want to divide, I want to unify. And that's something as people of God, that should resonate yes. in our ears. That should resonate in our hearts because that is where success is. It's in unity, not division. A house divided against itself cannot stand. And it's a, it's a message that we really haven't been living out over the past several years. Mm-hmm. And it's time to change. And as people of God, we must understand and embrace our role in this process of bringing about the change. This is an opportunity for the church to regain some of the relevance that it lost by getting off on all these other tangents that we talked about earlier, amen? Because this is where people live. And God came to address people where they live. Jesus left heaven and he came down to where people lived in order to influence and change their lives. and certainly Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Amen. Mm-hmm. He came to destroy the works of the devil. And in fact, you know, if you read the account in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 11, he was saying, he said, look, he said, why would, why would Satan use me to cast out his own demons? Mm-hmm. He, he said, that doesn't make any sense. But then he said, but if I, by the finger of God, cast out a demon, then you know the kingdom is among you, right? Jesus came to cast out the works of the enemy. In fact, 1 John 3 and 8 says that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Amen? 1 John 3 and 8. He came to destroy the works of the devil. So he certainly came to do that. But he also came to reconcile people unto God. Right, mm-hmm. he came to reconcile people unto God, and and his offer of salvation, right? That he that he came, you know, as a gift. That offer of salvation 
was not just to the Jewish nation, the Hebrew nation, and so forth, but it was yeah. to all people, right? Yeah. It was to all people. Now, I want you to turn with me for a second to the Gospel of John. Gospel of John, chapter 10, where Jesus talks about himself being the good shepherd. And in verse 14, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so I know the Father, and I like and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Mm -hmm. Now Jesus is saying this, and at the time it was going over people's heads, right? But what he was saying, a lot of people's heads, but what he was saying was, yes, I'm, salvation is of the Jews, amen? Salvation is of the Lord, but it comes through the Jewish nation. And Jesus said, here I am in the Jewish nation, and my people know me, you know, mm -hmm. or they should, amen, because we know that he came unto his own, and his own received him not. But they should have known, right, because the, the scriptures were written unto them that Messiah would come. Yes. And so, you know, so yes, so he, he says, yes, I'm, I'm the shepherd of, this, of these sheep, right, of the Israel, you know, Israel and the Hebrew nation, the Jewish nation. But when he got to verse 16, he says, and other sheep I have, mm -hmm. right? Well, he said, which are not of this fold, meaning what? They're not of the Jewish nation. Right. They're not of the Hebrew nation. But I have other sheep. I have the, the Hebrew nation, but I have other sheep who are not part of the Jewish nation, right? They're not of this fold. Them also I must bring. Bring where? Unto my father, right? Mm -hmm. Them too I must bring. And they shall hear my voice, and there shall be what? One fold and one shepherd. Yeah. See, that's a unifying message, right? That's a message that says, I didn't just come for the Hebrew nation. Amen. This is not about singling out a group of people and saying, only you. Did God start that way? Yes, he did. Because it had to start somewhere. But God's plan was always, always, to save the world, amen. His plan always was to save mankind. Glory to God, I hear something here. It, I'm, I'll just turn here real quickly, um, but just mark this down, Isaiah 56 and eight. For there, Isaiah 56 and eight, for there it says, the Lord God, which gathers the outcasts of Israel, saith, yet will I gather others to him, beside those that are gathered unto him. So he, listen, he gathers Israel, but he says, yet I will gather others to him. Him being who? The Messiah, right? Yeah. Come. He says, so he said, I gather Israel unto him, but I'm going to gather others also. It was always God's desire, amen, to save the world, right? God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son. It doesn't say God only God so loved the Hebrew nation. Right. right? It said God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And so it was always God's desire to save the world, right? And not pick this one over that one. Yes, he started with the Jewish nation, but that was the way he was going to reach all mankind. Amen. And he did that through Jesus. Paul in Ephesians 2 and 14 
he wrote um, because there was this division between the Jews and the Gentiles, and it was the Mosaic law essentially. And and he in in Ephesians two and fourteen and speaking of Jesus said this. He said, "For he Jesus is our peace, yeah. who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of partition between us." See, Jesus came to knock down walls, yes. and he came to knock down walls that existed between people, right? He came to knock down that Mosaic law that separated the Jewish nation from the Gentiles. He knocked that down, and he became our peace. What's the point of all this? The point is, is that in, 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 in this way, we can look at Jesus as the ultimate unifier. Amen. Right, the ultimate unifier, where he wants to bring all mankind and reconcile them unto God. Amen. Because that is the heart of God, and that is the will of God. How do you know? Because Jesus said, "I came to do the will of Him who sent me." And so, whatever Jesus was doing in the earth, that was because the Father who was in heaven wanted that to be done. Amen. And Jesus then is the ultimate unifier, and this is where it becomes important for us. And those of us who are called by his name should walk in the same spirit. Exactly. Amen. We should yeah. walk in the same spirit. A spirit where we want to see unity. A spirit in which we work for unity. A spirit in which we reject division because we understand that if you divide a house, if you divide a kingdom, if you divide a family, if you divide a church, you divide any organization, any organism, that organization or organism is going to fail, it's going to fall, it's going to die. And that is where we need to understand that right now, we can't be looking and, you know, pointing fingers and, and, and you know... <laughs> dancing on people's heads and stuff, right, right now. And maybe you want to do that for a minute, but get it out your system, amen, <laughs> and, and realize, amen, if you need to get it out your system and then lift up your hands up to the Lord and say, forgive me for it, right? But, but get it out your system, why? Because we have work to do. Amen. Where do we go from here? We have work to do. And, and, and if we don't get to that work, and if we as, as children of God and as people of God aren't front and center in the work of healing the divisions and, 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 and bridging the gaps, if we're not involved in that work, then we're missing the opportunity, right, to get to a place called success as a nation, as a community, as a people. And we can't afford to miss out on that opportunity. Amen. Amen. Um, so, so right now in this country, there's a deep divide. There's a spirit of deep division. It's dangerous. And it, and it can be, ultimately, it could be fatal because a country divided against itself can't stand. And we as children of God need to understand this spirit is not of God. That's right. It is not of God. Mm -hmm. That's why, you know, anyone who's causing division. In fact, in, in, in Proverbs chapter 6, it talks about, it says, it says six things, glory to God. It says six things does God hate, and seven are an abomination unto him. Yes. And, and the last one that it says is he that soweth discord among the brethren. Yes. 
God hates those who sow discord among the brethren. Sowing discord among the brethren, sowing discord in family, sowing discord among a group of people that should be together is an abomination unto God. That's big one, because that's not God's heart. God is a unifier. We just talked about that. Jesus unifies. There shall be one sheep, one fold, right, and one shepherd, Amen. right? He knocks down walls of of partitions between us. Amen. It's about unifying and yes. reconciling Amen. all unto the Father. That's a spirit of unity. And so God says he hates. Yes. And it's an abomination for those who sow discord among the brethren. Why? Because it leads to failure. When 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 we discord means that we're not working together. Right? That there's animosity and hostility between and among us. And that's going to lead to us falling and failing. And so God hates that. It's an abomination unto him. And, you know, um, Paul, in, in, in Romans chapter 16, verse 17, I want to read something into your hearing. Because he was talking about those who cause division in the church. He said this. He said, and this is Romans 16 and 17. He said, mark them which cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned mm. and avoid them. <laughs> right? What he's saying, people who, who want to sow discord, people who want to cause division need to be avoided. Yes. Why? Because if, if seeds of discontent and seeds of discord are sown, not only does God hate them, but it will lead to to a falling down of that organization, yes, of that structure. Amen. You think about how many families, think about how many marriages have been destroyed because somewhere along the line, a seed of discord was sown, yeah. right? Families have been torn apart because somewhere along the line, a seed of discord was sown and allowed to grow. And we said it before, churches, some flourishing churches now no longer exist because discord got in the way. Um, it's, it's something that, you know, we, we hear the phrase in, in, in our society of divide and conquer, conquer. <laughs> right? If you want to conquer, you first divide. And that's how Satan works. Yeah. He wants to divide, and once he can divide, then he can conquer. He divides husband and wife, he can conquer that marriage and that family. If he can divide the congregation, he can he can then conquer that church and put it, you know, put it to naught. It, a business, whatever. Thriving partnerships in the business world have come to nothing. How many, glory to God, how many musical groups had a great hit, but then somebody along the way thought, each one thought they were the star, yeah. right? And they sold some discord, and next thing you know, nobody's making hit records anymore, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. Divide and, and, and conquer. We've seen it in so many areas of our lives that we don't have to, we, we can't even, we don't even need to debate the point, right? Division allows, it makes it easier to be conquered. That's why, that's why God said two are better than one and a threefold cord is not easily broken, right? See, that if we're together, right? If, if we're together, it's better than being apart. That's one of the first things God said when he looked at man. He looked at everything he made. 
the sky, the, the, you know, the, the, the seas, the fishes, the animals on the ground, the trees, the plants. He looked at man and he said, he said, the Lord was like, man, this is good, right? And he said that it was good, right? He declared everything yes. that was good. And then he saw Adam one day standing over in this beautiful, perfect environment, perfect garden, perfect weather, perfect everything. And he looked and he saw Adam standing there by himself. And the first thing he said that was not good was that Adam was standing over there alone. It is not good for the man to be alone. Why? Because, see, that, and that's something that we have to understand. This whole idea of being a lone wolf or going about it on your own, I don't need anybody, pull myself up by the bootstrap, lies from the pit of hell. Yes. We all need each other, yes. and we're better together than we are apart. Yes. Amen. And so, and that comes from God. God is a unifier. Um, glory to God. When Jesus prayed in, 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 in John 17, which in many ways is the true Lord's Prayer, he prayed for unity. Okay. He said, Father, I pray that they will be one with us just as you and I are one. That was his prayer, a prayer for oneness, yes. for unity, because that is the heart of God. And so we, we need to understand that right now as we acknowledge that in our midst, there's some divisions. We don't just go tisk, tisk, tisk and just say it and be fine with it. We can't be fine with it. Why? Because our very success relies on healing the divide. Amen. And, and that's for all of us. And so no, no one who is operating in the spirit of wisdom will be content with the division that currently exists. Amen. And as people of God, this should resonate with us and we should understand that we have a role to play in this and we need to take up that mantle and go with it. Listen, no one's saying that you're going to go and, 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 and heal the divine that exists, you know, in your state, for example. But you can certainly do it in your sphere of influence, right? On your job, in your church, on your block, in your family, you know, among your friends. Yes. Right? So, and if each one of us does that, then we'll have that cumulative effect that will go far and wide. So we have to yes. take it up. We have to take it up. Um, can, let's turn for a second to Psalm 133. Psalm 133. Vision leads to failure. Amen. Houses, communities, countries, nations, people divided against themselves can't stand. Psalm 133, the Psalm of David. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together. How? In unity. What is it like? It's like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garments, mm -hmm. as the dew of Hermon, and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life evermore. Yeah. I would just say to you that in unity there is a commanded blessing. Amen. In unity, there is a commanded blessing. Again, why? Unity is the heart of God. It represents what God wants, as we've been talking about. 
And so in that unity, there is a commanded blessing. Now, I, I, I'd like to read for you the same song in the New Living Translation, because instead of the word unity, it uses the word harmony. And so it, it, it reads this way. It says, how wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony. For harmony is as precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head that ran down his beard and onto the border of his robe. Harmony is as refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon that falls on the mountains of Zion. And there the Lord has pronounced his blessing, even life everlasting. Yes. So the, the reason why I think the word harmony is so important is because, you know, here where the King James Version uses the word unity, we see the New Living Translation uses the word harmony. And how many of you know that harmony doesn't require everyone singing or playing the same note. That's right. Um, but it must be the same song, right? You don't have you don't have to sing the same note, but you should be you must be singing the same song. Yes. Right. And so you will have, for example, you know, the altos sing in a certain note, the tenors sing in another note, the sopranos are singing in another note. But if, there's, if they're each doing their thing, when it comes together, it sounds beautiful in our ears, yes. right? And that's the blessing of harmony. It's, it's not the same note. It's not everybody striking the same chord musically. It's the blending of different notes in the same song, right? <laughs> and, and, and that's how we have to live. Listen, no one, I don't care how well you get along, you are not going to agree with with everyone on everything. Yeah. There are going to be certain things that for you, that's how you are. That's how God made you. And God made somebody else in a different way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think about my wife. <laughs> I don't know if there could be two people. <laughs> That have more differences. Amen? I mean, you know, I like to be outside, she likes to be inside. <laughs> you know, we just, we like different things. We, you know, there's some, even our taste in food might be a little bit different and stuff. And, you know, it's like, okay, well, but, but that's okay. Yes, yes, amen. Doesn't mean you can't be in harmony, right? It, it, because, see, we can either allow our differences. Amen. To allow us to, to, to get so caught up on the fact that we're, we're singing in a different note or we're playing music in a different note. And if we want to just focus on the different notes and forget that we're playing the same song, yes. then, then we're going to stop playing the same song. We're each going to want to go play our own song. And that's not the point. We need to, we need to realize that, that the different notes, the different chords, right, the different voices... If we sing the same song, it'll blend together, and in the end, it'll be something that's beautiful in our ears. It'll be a beautiful sound. And, and, and the bottom line is, is that it's time for the people of God to lead this country 
lead the chorus in this country and, and show the way to harmony. Amen. Yes. We should know how to harmonize. Yes. Amen. We should we should understand the, the power of harmonizing. It's about bringing in all these different sounds and these textures and everything else and bringing it and making it into something that is That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And that is what we need to do. So we need to get off of this thing of you believe this and I believe that. You did it, right? Paul talked about that. Oh, I'm a Paul and I'm from Apollos and I'm this. And I'm like, no, those are things that cause division. Mm -hmm. And we can't get into, oh, I'm a Republican, you're a Democrat, I believe in this, you believe in that. I'm city mouse, you're country mouse. It doesn't matter. You're both mice. You, you, you both like cheese, right? And so we got to realize there's commonality even in our differences, wow. right? There's commonality. And, and, and if we work together, we can bring out that harmony and create something beautiful. And that's the opportunity that's before us now. And as people of God, we need to be sensitive to that and begin right now in our sphere of influence working to bring about that unity, working to bring about that harmony, working to get to that point where God can command his blessing upon us. Amen. Um, because if we don't, amen, remember that house that's divided cannot stand. Amen. And so this is, a, I believe this is a pivotal opportunity for the church to play a leading role, to get back some of that relevance that it lost because too many people were trying to be stars and, yes. and, and, and trying to sell stuff, selling books, selling tapes, selling water, selling handkerchiefs, selling, you know, <laughs> that's not what the church should be doing. Amen. The church should be speaking to people where they live because we had a God who resided in heaven, who thought it not robbery to be equal with God and came down to earth, took upon him the form of a servant, was found in the likeness of men and was willing to die on the cross so that he could reconcile people as one back to the Father. Amen. That's his heart and that's how we should be operating. Praise God in heaven for that. Um, glory to God. Glory to God. Can we go one last place? And we, we're going to get on up out of here. I want to go one last place. Um, I want to go to Genesis chapter 13. We need to, we, we, we need to work in harmony and we need to be together. Amen? Amen? The divisions have to come to an end if we're going to be our individual and collective bests. If we're going to have individual and collective success, it's going to come because there's unity. Amen. And do we have a long way to go? Yes, we do. Amen. But is God able? Is anything too hard for God? See, we got to realize, as hard as it is, is it too hard for God? Amen. Amen. And, and this is where our faith is going to kick in. Because we're going to look around us and we're going to see something that we say, man, this, I can't do anything with that. Yeah, you can't. The question is, can your God? Mm -hmm. Amen. And if we really believe in the power of the, of the true and living God, then that's how we will operate and flow. And all I'm saying is, this is an opportunity for the church to do that. Now, I'm, not everybody in the church is going to do it. No. Amen? Because not everybody in the church truly believes. Amen? Amen? Not everybody in the church really wants to be part of the number. That's right. Right? They don't want to be the agent of change. The question is, do you? Right? The question is, do you? We talked about it a couple of weeks ago. God is looking for someone to stand in the gap. A gap is something that divides two sides. Amen? Yes. God is looking for people to stand in the gap. So, 
you know, as he said, and he could find none. Now, all I'm saying is, we need to change that. Amen. And it's just up to each one of us to do it. Is everyone going to do it? No. But that's not the point. Amen. You know, when, when God said, you know, when he was speaking in the book of Isaiah, I need, who, who can we send to go speak for us? Who can we send to go tell the people? Isaiah said what? Here I am, Lord. Send me. Amen. That's what he's looking for. He's looking for people to rise up in the spirit of Isaiah and say, here I am, Lord. Send me. Here I am, Lord. Use me to be this agent of change. Is everybody going to do it? No. The question is, are you going to do it? Amen. Um, God wants it done because that is where the success of this country lies. Amen. Amen. In unity and in harmony. That's where we'll find the commanded blessing of the Lord. Now, let's go to Genesis 13. We can, we get ready to leave. Amen. Genesis 13. And let's go to um, <laughs> verse number five. Now, this is, this is the story of Abram and Lot mm -hmm. when they separated. And, and, and we, you know, we've read this story many times mm -hmm. um, uh, about how Abram and Lot both were blessed with herds and, and flocks and herdsmen and tents. I mean, they, they, were, they were doing well, but there was not enough room for both of them. Right. But let's look at it. In verse 5, it says, And Lot also, which went with Abram, had flocks and herds and tents. And the land was not able to bear them that they might dwell, how? Together. Together. For their substance was great, so that they could not, what, dwell together. <laughs> See, when God says something twice like that, back to back, it's something for us to pay attention yes. to, right? Amen. He's letting us know, they couldn't dwell, they couldn't live together. together. Right. Right? Now watch, verse 7. And there was a strife between the herdmen of Abram's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle. And the Canaanite and the Perizzite dwell then in the land. And Abram said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdmen and thy herdmen, for we be brethren. In other words, what he's saying is we're family. Right. We're family. Because uh, Lot was Abraham's nephew. Abram's nephew. Then Abram said, Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right. Or if you depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. And it goes on to say that Lot looked and he, you know, he picked out the best land, the best land that he thought. Amen. And he went towards Sodom and Gomorrah, and Abram uh, dwelled in the land of Canaan. Right. So we see here that what, what had happened, that Abram and Lot couldn't live together even and, and they were doing well they were rich they had great substance and they couldn't live together right. because of strife because of fighting between abram's herdsmen and lot's herdsmen mm -hmm. there was division and there was division among family members right and abram said let's not do that Pick where you want to go. I'll go where you don't go. Mm -hmm. 
And so we know this story, but, but the thing that strikes me about this story is God says something that, that in this that just seems to be a throwaway. But if you know God, as you come to know him, because we all are coming to know him, right? And the blessed promise is that there'll come a time where we will know him as we're known. Mm -hmm. Right now, we only know in part. Right. But even in that part, if we know in part about God, we know something about God. God is not a wasteful God. That's right. He doesn't just do things for no reason. He's a God of purpose. He is, he, he, and he is not a God that just does something for no reason whatsoever. That's right. He has a reason for everything. And, and, and he doesn't just throw in things as if it doesn't matter. Right? God's not like that. Everything matters, amen. Uh, he, Jesus fed the 5,000 and he told them, gather up the fragments, what? That nothing be lost. We're going to have some leftovers tomorrow, amen. Uh, there, there's nothing that is inconsequential or means nothing. Why are we saying that? Because there's a line in this that just seems to be there and you say, what's it there for? Doesn't it, it's just there? There's no... There's no reference before it. There's no reference after it. Why? Why you did? Why did you tell us that? Mm -hmm. So let's go back and look at this again in verse five. Lot also, which went with Abram, had flocks and herds and tents. Okay, understand that. And the land was not able to bear them that they might dwell together. Got that. For their substance was great, so they, they could not dwell together. Got that. And there was strife between the herdmen of Abram's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle. Got that. And the Canaanite and the Perizzite dwelled in the, then in the land. And Abram said, unto him, whoa, now let's stop. What's that for? Why does he just throw in and the Canaanite and the Perizzite dwell then in the land. And then continues on. Right. And Abram said unto Lot, let's not fight. It's like it's just in the middle yeah. for no reason. Mm -hmm. But there's a reason. And here's the thing. Glory to God for this. And here's the thing. What God is saying is this. I've blessed you, Abram and Lot. You have cattle and flocks. And herdsmen in tents in abundance. I've blessed you. Mm. And here you guys are now fighting among each other. Mm. And Canaanites and Perizzites dwell among you. What's the point? The Canaanites and, Peri and, and, and the Perizzites here, right, are hostile enemies. Yes. And so yes. here you are. A blessed family yeah. living amidst and living amongst enemies. And you don't understand that you need to stay together because you are living among enemies. But instead of doing that, you're fighting Jesus. against each other, which is going to make it easier for the enemies that live among you to conquer you. And see, this is the blessing of Abraham's wisdom where he says, let's not fight. Jesus. See, let's not fight. Why? Because we already have fights among us because we got people among us who are hostile to us, who are enemies to us. Yes. And it doesn't make any sense for us to be fighting in the midst of enemies all around us. And that is what we've been doing. We have enemies all around us. Satan is the ruler of the darkness of what? 
this world. And so we have enemies all around us. And yet here we are, people that God put together, husbands and wives that God put together, families that God put together, churches that God put together, and God is blessing them. And we're going to fight with each other? And we're going to fight in the midst of enemies around Jesus. us? That makes no sense. Mm. And it's going to accelerate our demise if we don't get it together. That's why that line is there. That here they are fighting, these blessed people, and they're doing it in the midst of people who are hostile to them. Mm. We have hostile forces against us too. <laughs> Amen? And we can't afford to be fighting in the midst of hostile forces who already want our demise. Amen. And so we have to understand then, as people of God, we have to come together. We have to come together. We have to be the agents of unity. We have to be the agents of harmony that help heal the, the fractures, help heal the, the, the wounds, help close the gaps. Amen so that we can be together, dwell together in unity, dwell together in harmony, dwell together where we can get the commanded blessing of God, and where we then can also fight against the enemy who's trying to take all of this from us. Amen. Mm -hmm. So that's where we are as a nation. Now, we have a choice. As God said, where we go from here. Now, some can go from here and just go back to living the way they want to live. Okay. Let every man be persuaded in his own mind. Amen. Others have to say, you know what? I'm going to be part of the chain. change. I'm going to be like Isaiah. And I'm going to say, Lord, I hear what you're saying. Here I am, Lord. Use me. Send me. Amen. That's what we have to decide. And, you know, the only one who's going to grade your paper is God. I'm not grading your paper. Amen. 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 The, the first lady not grading your paper. The bishop not going to grade your paper. Right. The only one who's going to grade your paper is God. And if you want to hand in a blank sheet, well, well. that's what we do. <laughs> amen. 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 But just know, amen, uh, there's going to come a time where we're going to have to give account. And um, it's an opportunity before us. Amen. There's an opportunity before us. And let's not fight in the midst of enemies, but instead let us come together, amen, and realize that that's the only way that this house, this nation, this, this country, our government, our communities, amen. our families yes. are going to stand. Amen. And that is if we are united, if we are working together in unity and harmony. Amen. 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 Glory to God. We're going to pray now. Glory to God in heaven. We, we thank him. Father, we thank you, thank you for the word that you have shared with us yes, on today. Father, Father simple prayer. Let this word resonate in our heart. Let this word be sown deep into our spirit. Yes. And Father God, may a bountiful harvest come forward from our lives that show the wisdom of the word that you have shared with us. Father, yes, we thank you for the opportunity you, to be used by you to bring about change in the earth. Glory to God. What a privilege to be used by you Yes. to bring about change in the earth. Father, we thank you for that. Yes, and Father God, God we rise you. up in the spirit of Isaiah and said, if, 
here we are, Lord. Send us, use us for your glory. And Father, we believe that all over this great earth and all over this country, people of God will rise up and take up the challenge and be used as agents of unity and togetherness and harmony uh, that really reflect the heart of the God we serve. And Father, we thank you for it and we bless you for it in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Glory to God in heaven. Um, so we praise God, amen, for um, just for the opportunity, amen. Uh, how many of you know it's a blessing to be used by God? Yes, it is. Amen. Because God, God, you know, as Mordecai said to Esther when she started, you know, walking, not being sure if she was going to go to the king on behalf of the people. He said, listen, sister, don't get it twisted. <laughs> he said, he said, if not you, God will raise up somebody else yes, for this cause. And so we need to understand that God is not limited by who he can use. And so if there's an opportunity for you to be used by God, count it a privilege. Yes. And um, go forward in faith. And let God use you. Amen. Amen. So that's it for us. We'll see you next time. Enjoy the rest.